Hi, welcome to episode 52 of High Hops. I am Chris Morley, owner and part-time brewer of Mason's Brewing Company in a far, far away land called Brewer, Maine in the United States. Well, I guess I don't need to do my job anymore. Uh, <laughs> bit of a different intro this week. Uh, but as always, uh, my name is Bradley Y. I am, uh, I'm here along with Beer Guru. I don't know. <laughs> other person other english person phoebe ward yeah uh and yes as um as you have already been introduced we're going to be doing an interview again with an american brewery we uh really really enjoyed uh this interview so uh it's gonna be i think it's a it's a fun one so yeah. i hope everyone enjoys it's one of my faves yeah it's a nice way of kind of um discussing the difference between the beer industry in the UK and hearing about it from the American side, um, specifically around um, Masons. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had a couple of beers uh, that we talk, we drunk and speak about in the podcast. What were those, Phoebe? Uh, one was Cripster and the other was Hipster Apocalypse. Sure. A uh, little bit of a long one, but I think it's a thoroughly good episode. So hope you enjoy. So Mason's Brewing Company was kind of, it's... Um, uh, my little brainchild. I was a home brewer for about now, now getting on to 20 years, although I haven't stepped on the brew stand in probably two years for a full brew day. Um, my background went to school for law enforcement and business, uh, was in law enforcement for approximately 13 years, was on a SWAT team for six. Very cool. Uh, got out of that and uh, I'm <laughs> glad I got out, but it's, um, it, I, it was fun. I had a lot of fun. Um, got into banking and then just had a midlife crisis at 40 and said, I'm going to open up a brewery. So I've actually taken notes. I've listened to some of the podcasts. Oh, no. so, <laughs> yes. Oh, so dear. this is not going to, this is not going to be easy on you guys. At oh, all. oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> it's our first two way interview. I like it. Love it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, full disclosure, I have a funny accent, so it may appear that, that I am slow, but I'm not. So... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll be able to muddle through pretty good to keep up with you guys. And I did t- I did make a note that it, it seems that you know Phoebe does all the heavy lifting. So Bradley, yeah. are are you not the beer person per se? Surprisingly, or no. <laughs> and it's actually the surprise. But you're doing. But we're doing a podcast about beer, right? Is I that know. correct? Yeah. Or am I, mean, I totally? No, no, no. We're doing a podcast <laughs> about beers, but surprisingly. I am the least knowledgeable of the two. Yeah. <laughs> I got Phoebe into beer, which is probably my, well, my contribution. Well, you say that. You said that I got, before. I got no? you into cr- this kind of beer. I guess so. But because you work at Vessel, yeah. you have way more of an understanding yeah. on it than I do. Yeah. And I read all the literature as well. Yeah. And uh, listen to more podcasts. I, I love listening to your podcast on on. How, what you guys thought was the difference between an East Coast <gasps> and a West Coast beer. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, it, so if you would like to know what we think in America it is, mm-hmm. from being from the East Coast. <laughs> okay, um, okay. We, 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 can go down, we can go down that road. So how do you, I don't want to run your, your interview. So Okay, then. So let's start with Corrections Corner, which we do when we get something wrong. So what exactly did we get wrong? Here's... The fundamental difference, and you guys were not far off, mm. um, is that West Coast, so it's it's basically timelines in the U.S. And I would say, I mean, you guys have some standout breweries over in the U.K. Uh, Beavertown comes to mind. Um, I, no, I can't think of anybody now. <laughs> but but they're very, I had a list of them. They're pretty mm. progressive. They, they very much, in in 
everybody's different. Like when, when we were doing, you know, English style ales 20 years ago, it wasn't the same as, is, you know, what was going on in the UK. Cause you guys had some practice at it. Yeah. Um, so long story short, you can start, you're starting to see some of the breweries really kind of adapt the new England style of brewing. And so the, the, the vast differences between the beers, it's pretty, it's quite simple. Uh, most of it is grain bill. A lot of it, um, I would say, um, and then, and then it's the hops that are used in, in the West coast is what was available. And you guys hit it right on the head is mm. they were using like Chinook, Columbus, um, Simcoe, um, your traditional hops. And they, the other thing is where you were getting the bitterness from is, um, is when we would do, you know, bittering hops or late addition hops to the boil. So it's really what you brewing for us on the West coast from a, from being on the East coast is, you know, is what popular beers were 10 years ago. Um, as and it's like a 10 year trend as mm. your beers or English style ales were popular 20 years ago. Yeah. So now at the forefront is the East coast. And so one of the things is we, uh, it's not so much that we have, we use different hops, um, it, but they do too, but we don't have, any, we have hop farms here, but they're usually noble hops. They're like Magnum and, mm. and, and things that aren't really, um, exotic. Mm. So East coast beers, yeah, you change the grain bill, beers went cloudy, and um, to some degree, we started using more floral, more citrus uh, hops. We here at Mason's uh, really embraced the New Zealand and Australian hops. Okay. Um, mm. So we don't put, we don't do any uh, bittering hops and we don't do any late. Uh, we do some very late, late, late addition in the boil. Um, so it takes the bitterness out. So it drinks more like, you know, when you, when people say hey, it's a juicy IPA, it's mm. because there's no bitterness. So mm. you just, away they go. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the fundamental difference is that, you know, New England is, is very much, not that it's more hop forward, but that's, it's, they're hazier. The grain bill is slightly different. The bitterness has been taken out. Um, they're more, I wouldn't say sessionable, but, um, you know, you don't, you just don't taste that bitterness, mm-hmm. um, like you do. And, you know, and, and, but those guys were at the forefront. You had mentioned Stone and Ballast Point, um, you know, Oscar Blues, uh, mm-hmm. Russian River, those Sierra Nevada. Um, so, so there is my take from being from the East Coast on, on how the, the two sides have morphed. That, that's um, interesting because, I mean, for you, the bitterness is a big... Because I, yeah. I don't Much really... Bitterness doesn't turn me off from a beer, I think. Like, it... it took some getting used to but now we'll drink a beer and you'll go oh it's quite bitter and Mm -hmm. i will not pick up on the bitterness much at all yeah is bitterness something for you that's uh, is that the reason why you you don't do it or is it just you found your customers didn't tend to respond to it that's a great question so it's it's not an easy question to answer (laughs) so because because maine was at the forefront or in when the craft beer thing came around like you know, Gary's and Gritty's and Shipyard were were kind of the the catalyst for the craft beer movement here on the East Coast. Mm. You know, and Sam Adams. So if you if you take all those beers, they're all very to some degree are similar, and you will find that they they mimic you know UK beers. Um, you know the 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 ales, and so um, and it wasn't till you know, and I'm gonna I'm sure I'm gonna get called out on this, but you know, I think. Main beer company, there were two standouts, uh, pacing, uh, 
Rob Todd came out. Uh, he's the owner of uh, Allagash Brewing Company. And he was the one 20 some years ago that came out with Allagash White, which is, um, you guys ever had that? We haven't had it, but yeah. we've heard lots about yes. it. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was like a gateway drug beer, excuse me, into, you know, European Belgian style wheat ales, mm. no bitterness, hazy, and had not from the hops, but more from the yeast profile. They were very phenolic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, and that beer took off. And then at the same time, you had main beer company um, really starting to get into moving laterally uh, to, to a hop, more hop forward beer um, that wasn't as, as bitter. And so those guys were at the forefront um, of the craft beer movement at the second, the second round. So you had Shipyard, Gritty's Gary's first round, those guys uh, um, in the second round. And then that's when craft beer blew up. And then everybody got in about five, six, seven years ago, including us. So, you know, that's kind of the way the movement has gone. And so now it's gone to double IPA, super hazy, no bitterness. You know, it drinks like orange juice after two, you're on the floor. So, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's how we like them. (laughs) And uh, actually off the back of that question, that's maybe an interesting point is like, so at the moment in the UK, there's certain breweries that are having this discussion about whether higher higher abv beers mm. and the taste so people see an eight percent and they go that's going to have lots of lots of flavor it's going to be really punchy and you see a six percent and you see a five percent and there's that stigma of like don't want to try that because it's probably not going to have have that punch yeah and you've got breweries in the uk like Cloudwater who are trying to champion five six percent beers with the same amount of flavor with the same amount of flavor but for health reasons of maybe it's not a, not, not as good an idea for people to just session eight percent even though they taste yeah. amazing they can taste amazing what's that like in america is that a concern is that something that's a concern or is it not something that people really have have thought about no i, I think it's so the consumer the consumer dictates everything and, mm. and we've had to move Left, right, left, right. Um, you know, so, I mean, here's a good example for those who are just listening to the podcast. You can't see this, but <laughs> those that, so here's what our can looked like five years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just, it's a 12 ounce can. It looks like it's very just kind of organic, kind of cool, but yeah. you know, and then we introduced this guy, yeah. right? So, so, you know, like the consumer is going to gravitate to which one? Like I think hipster actually has more, more of a punch. It's mm. a you know it's five point seven. It's a very complex beer for just. There's only one hop in that beer, yeah. and, and that one hop does everything in the background. It's yep. got that citrus. It's got that pininess. Um, that really great floral, you know, dank uh, mm-hmm. bouquet. Uh, I love it. I'm, it's our flagship, and I. I just couldn't be thrilled, more thrilled with that beer. Mm. You know, on our double IPAs, it's it's the consumer dictating price point, right? Mm. So people people want a higher ABV and they're willing to pay more for it. So I don't know how, and I, I know it's very different in the UK. Like I still can't understand, um, my brother is currently in Germany now. And, and when I go to Germany, I can't understand how you can walk out of there with like, 24 beers for like nine bucks. I'm like, I don't even know how, I don't, I don't know how that, I don't know how those margins work. (laughs) So, you know, over here we sell, you know, our four packs 
it, so it's based on ABV mm. and then it's, it's all our beers that are, uh, that use like real fruit are a little bit more expensive than, you know, even our double IPAs. So they're tiered like, you know, the, to the consumer, we have four packs that go from like at the lower end from like 1299 to 1499. And then everything else is like 15 to 1699 yeah. until you get out to California and then they're paying 28 bucks for a four pack, which yeah. makes no sense to me. But <laughs> they live in California, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> What's your um, marketing strategy behind Mason's and the inspiration for your can design? How did that start and how's that changed? I brewed beer the way I like to drink beer. And I also marketed our beer the way I like to drink beer, which was I don't want a four pack of 16 ounce cans because, you know, there's going to, there's always some left over that I can't finish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've gotten past that. I finish them all now. I've got no issues, <laughs> but you know, so, you know, having a, a four pack or a six pack with 12 ounce beers, you know, you could do there, you could do three and be under control, but you can't do, you know, one and a half, you can do one and a half pints, but you then you end up pouring it out. That's a waste mm. of beer. So that's yeah. just dumb. Yeah. So, um, so, and we were shooting for, because of the haze craze and because of, you know, the, the, the millennials, you know, <laughs> it kind of, it kind of inspired this whole thing that we've done, which is, uh, you know, comic book art geared at millennials mm -hmm. that is bright. It's aggressive. It's, it looks like tattoo art. It yeah. looks like comic book art. Um, and you know, and, and, it, and it all had little themes. So, uh, it, and it's been hugely fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you guys did a, you did one on, on can art and I um if you haven't looked through our Facebook page or our Instagram, mm -hmm. our can art is is quite aggressive. Mm -hmm. Um I we 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 do well with that. Our artist is uh, his name's Ben Bishop. Mm -hmm. Behind me behind me for those who can see. Oh, yeah. Um he does he does all the uh currently doing all the artwork for Teenage uh Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah so, I heard that it's pretty cool. Yeah he lives right down the street. So uh it, awesome. it's been a good it's been a really good partnership. Have yeah. you have you worked for him across for a while now then? Probably we've been together um probably better part of three years now. Okay. So uh, yeah. And you guys have been going for four years? Yeah, we just turned four in May. Okay. On a, we are a 20 barrel brew house. Mm. We can do about 360 barrels worth of fermentation at any given time. Um, so we're not, we're, the goal here is to be at, um, I don't, I can't break it down to hectoliters, but um, our goal here in the next 18 months is to get very close to 5,000 barrels. We're currently right at like 22. So mm. doubling our production. Yeah, no, I was going to say in regards to the can design again. I don't know why I just when I read the name Masons, I didn't put the like the can image to the name Masons. But then when I got it, I was like, "That's really cool." I remember showing it to you, and I was just like, "This is really cool." And we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna keep it. We have a a, a book that we like put the labels in. A little bit sad yeah. I can't like peel the label off and reserve <laughs> it, but it's fine. I will uh, simply put it on top of my cabinet. I was say we have more than enough cans we've that we've kept soap. with art that we like. Yeah, the Mason's name actually is uh, is is based on a, a, a naval captain from uh, England back in the eighteen uh, hundreds. So um, I read, yeah, sixteen hundreds, sixteen hundreds. Hold on, I gotta make sure I got my math right. Wait, I wrote it down right. if it helps. Uh, did you? Oh, yeah, I do. did. Uh, <laughs> it was John Mason, eighteen. 86 apparently um i think roughly so he, he was uh no 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 it was 16 it was 1620 ah. i want to say it was 1620 
And here's the reason why, because he, uh, so he was a Naval captain, King George II sent him out and he mapped the coast all the way down to Halifax Bay, down Maine to, to, to New Hampshire. Mm. So when he got back for his service, uh, the king gave him what is now all of New Hampshire and then the state of Maine up to like the Kennebec river, which is basically half the state. So he was technically the first landowner in the state of Maine. He seemed like a decent dude. Uh, he didn't, he didn't uh, beat up on the indigenous folk from mm-hmm. what I could find. And, and he didn't trade in um, things that he shouldn't be trading in. So yeah. it, it, it was a very safe name. Um, and it rings well. It's easy to say, like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it sure. works. Yeah. You said you were a um, home brewer when you moved into the yes. business. What, what, what was the the industry like in your area, and what made you decide to to move into it? Yeah. So my wife and I spent our adult. We don't have any kids. We collect unwanted dogs, and so um, we had the ability to fly. We we flew all over the world for craft beer. Mm. We to California, yeah. um, Alaska, and then to, to Europe. So um, we kind I kind of came back. I'm old. I just turned 50. So I came back around 42 and said, you know what? You know, my beer's okay. I need to, I need to improve my game and actually find a real brewer. But, um, you know, I think, I, I think I, I think I have an idea of offering, you know, kind of like three things, which is, you know, a great location, brew pub with great beer and great food. Mm. And so we're, we're nestled on the Penobscot river. Um, for those who can Google, Google it, Mason's Brewing Company in Brewer, Maine. And we've got a 120, uh, 180 view of the river. We're very close to Bar Harbor, which is a big um, travel destination for, uh, for people when, when you don't have to run around with masks on. Um, so, and so it just, it was just trying to gear this thing up and, you know, through my research, it was kind of a big jump. I mean, we started right out as a 20 barrel brew house. We didn't go from like a seven barrel to a 10 barrel. We just, and, and part of the reason was I, my vision was that we would scale up at, at a point where it just didn't make sense to, to keep making these steps, just yeah. make the one big step and then just keep up with production. So, um, you know, knock on wood, four years later, we've been very fortunate. We send our beer to six different states. Um, you know, we just, we just, uh, hooked up with the boys from cask. Um, they're, they're the ones that got you our beer this time mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. but uh, we've hit, I believe 11 different countries over the last four years. So, uh, you know, it not, we're not talking mega volume. We're not mm-hmm. by any means, we're not big players in the market, but we're doing, it's fun stuff. And quite frankly, if, as long as I can send beer to a, a country that I want to visit, it's kind of a write-off. So <laughs> it, it works. Yeah, that's cool. Are you involved much in where the beer ends up going country-wise, or is it, it, it does that handled by cask? So this time, so we've used two vendors to get over to the UK. The first time we used Brew Export, and they're the ones that actually got us, um, we sent a bunch of beer over to BrewDog to put mm-hmm. in their brew pubs. Yeah. Uh, so we had, a, we had a blowout in Edinburgh, uh, which was great. People were just brilliant a lot of fun um great time very well received um i would have liked to have met the boys from brew dog because they're they're both nuts right so (laughs) it's it it was they were fun and they brought just a different just fun they brought fun to to brewing beer and and you know they've been a huge success i had no idea they have like 
70 some group hub. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, insane. That huge. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's sick. So, um, and we've, and we've airdropped there, uh, you know, and then we've been into Belgium, Germany, uh, So this time around we got into, well, we've been to Spain before, but we got into never been to Denmark, never been to, um, Sweden, I don't think on purpose. Um, but we've been to Belgium, we've been to, uh, France, Germany, uh, Malaysia. Mm. Uh, we had, we had a ship and go to Malaysia. Uh, we've got, Another shipment set to go back to the UK. I think we're targeting in August cool. and then uh, one to Australia. So we haven't been there yet. You mentioned you get your hops from there in New Zealand. Yep. Where, how do you go about selecting where you want to get your hops from? And how come, considering you're on the uh, East Coast, how come you don't get your hops local or have you and you've just decided to switch out? Yeah. So the easiest, that question is a great question. It's... Um, the easiest way to explain how hops work is the same way wine works, right? Mm. So you can take the same, uh, you can go to a vineyard in France and transplant that over in California. It's the same grape, came from the same, but it's just, you got different terroir in the soil, you've got different elevation, you got different sunlight, you get different, just, uh, you know, uh, it's access to water. Mm. So it changes the hop profile. So. Um, the hops that come from New Zealand and Australia all get shipped to uh, Yakima Valley or over into Washington or Oregon, mm. Mm. and they get they get stored there. And then basically, you know, we have like data sheets. We I mean, we do pilot batches, but we have data sheets that be like, all right, you know, what hop do we want to experiment with? And then we're like, okay, well, we want something that's got a little bit of lemongrass, we need something with stone fruit. We need it to be really floral, but we don't need it to be bitter, and we need it to have a low alpha acid or high alpha acid. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of things mm. we've, I think we've, I don't know, we, our portfolio of beer is quite comprehensive because of the, because it's a brew pub, right? So yeah. we go Belgian, German, English, and American styles. Um, so we just kind of, you know, right now it, it, at the time, not a lot of people were using like Waimea, Wataku, um, were, were two of the heavy hitters that we use. Um, we use Ella that comes from galaxy. Um, both, uh, Ella comes from Australia. Um, you know, but Idaho seven, which is the, the hop that's in, uh, seven of our beers. And it's the, it's the, you know, it's the single hop for hipster. Mm. Um, I just, it's it just, it's so dynamic when, when it's done right. And, you know, in, as a dry hop, it doesn't work well when you put it in oil. So, um, so that's kind of how we, we kind of pick and we just kind of, forge our way to you know sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but i think we've we've you know it's we're seniors now so our freshman year was just a cluster you know we we didn't know what we were doing uh, the seniors were beating us up and you know we we worked our way through and now you know we're in our fourth year we we hope we don't get held back when we graduate and go to college so <laughs> so but that's we you know i think we're finally getting our stride i, I guess like in terms of people's feedback have there been people that I guess when you were starting out, maybe were judgmental who have turned around or were people very, were people kind and very responsive straight off the bat? People kind? <laughs> I know, I know. Right, okay, <laughs> it's a right. false question. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not, you know, it, it, and that's, you know, I have to be diplomatic, right? So like my nemesis is untapped. Like it, I just, yeah. it, I want to just, cut my eyes out. Um, you know, and, and actually if you looked at untap in the last two weeks or Twitter, mm. it, 
that's our shipment that went to the UK and it's mm-hmm. like, it, it, people are having a great time with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? I, the things that, I mean, I, I get it. Like not everybody likes, like you guys go, it's beer, beer is like pizza, right? So you can go to one place and like, I love this pizza here, but I don't like it over here, but it's pizza. It's still good. Mm-hmm. Pizza's good. Yeah. I've never had a bad pizza. I don't care if it's frozen <laughs> and you put it in the oven, it's still pizza. And it's good. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's the, you know, like in a lot of us and we get, we like, we'll just, we'll freak out and we'll lose sight of things because like there's a couple untapped reviews and, and there was one by somebody and, and they're like, I don't like IPAs and they rated our beer one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, come on. Like <laughs> it, like really like yeah. just, yeah. just, just clock it in or yeah. I, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, what some people do, it, it just whatever. Yeah. Um, and I've stopped using the number rating system now. Yeah. And, Quite frankly, you know what? I'd love to stand over you at your job, right? And be like, oh, no, that's a one. That's a one. <laughs> I mean, I'm guilty of it. Like, I was a big fan of it before I got in the industry. And, I, and I'm still a fan of it. Do I think, you know, but over, it's so, like, right now is a really interesting time for craft beer because, well, COVID's really screwed everything up. Mm. So people are just clamoring for shelf space and, and, and <laughs> sorry, I'm going to remove this cat because she's that was not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so I guess I think it's a great tool. I do. I think it's necessarily fair. I don't know. I, I, I think, of course, I drink the Kool-Aid. I think yeah. our beers, I, I think some of our beers are better than what they get rated. Mm-hmm. But I also look at it, you know, we're one of very few beers. We're one of very few breweries in Maine that are doing half of license in cans, you know, like, uh, you know, or, you know, uh, you know, other style beers. So, I mean, and so when people come to our brew pub, they're like, oh, well, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a heavy, I don't expect a heavy to get a five-star rating because they're just good beers. Like yeah. they're not like, what are you looking for? Yeah. So um, I'm happy where we are. We continue to improve. We continue to go. And, you know, quite frankly, I was quite humbled and please hug all your people over there on the island for me because uh, you know they've been very they've been very kind to us mm. um much better than some other people over here so um you know but it's but it's extremely competitive and they're you know Maine especially i mean i don't know how how, how closely you really follow the, the craft beer industry but maine is right now the epicenter for what is new england style craft beer mm-hmm. so there, there's 150 breweries in the state. The population is 1.3 million, mm-hmm. and every single brewery makes damn good beer. Um, they're you know some far better than others, but everybody because the, the level is like mm-hmm. here. Yeah, but that must make I mean, and that that helps surely because if everyone's producing really good stuff, it obviously incentivizes and pushes you to to match or be better. We have to be, we, or, you know, we, I did, we, I mean, this is a, a very, this was a very expensive project. Like we can't afford to not be on our game, mm. you know, unfortunately, you know, we've, we've, you know, through this whole COVID nightmare, um, because we send beer to five different States, we've been able to, you know, it hasn't been, 
we could be far, far worse off. Mm. And then, and then the, the restaurant, it's, um, it's kind of like a, it's, we just added a new part to it. So it's, it's a, the first part was like a German beer hall. So it's huge with an open space. So we can, now we can social distance people, you know, accordingly, and we can still, you know, generate a revenue that allows us to stay open. The second space is more of a, like a, a Irish, um, old Irish group up, uh, bar. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a little bit more quaint, homey, uh-huh. but then people seem to gravitate towards it. Plus yeah. today it's, eight, it's 84 degrees out and everybody's outside by the water. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I, I was uh, speaking of the brew pub then. So for you starting that, cause I think we were listening to another interview you did a few months ago and you were talking in that about how people have gravitated to your food really well. And that's a big part of the, the spirit of coming to, to Mason's. Um, for for some people, by the sounds of what you said in it, um, what was the incentive for you guys to to open the restaurant and not just be a brewery? It's literally, I think, if you, I forgot how I googled it, but if you Google like successful brewery, I think brew pub is like the second thing that pops up, other than like main beer company or something or I guess. Um, and it, you know, it's basically how can you, I. I, we designed, my wife and I, we designed everything. We, everything that is in here, we are like, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. So long story short, we, I don't like to go to places that are like, are stale or there's no atmosphere and to go, you know, to go get, to, to go get a four pack of beer or, or to have a beer off draft. I mean, it's just, I want, I want to stay there. I want to kind of, you know, I want it to be a memorable experience. And I think here being on the river where our, we have a, a very unique eclectic, it's, I, I don't even know how to describe our food because it's not, it's not West coast gastropub and it's not East coast, you know, uh, lobster bake. It's like, uh, it's an infusion of everything. Yeah. I've seen a lot of pictures as well and they are like really stunning dishes as well. They're like, yeah, really aesthetically pleasing to look at as well as eat, I'm sure. So, yeah, yeah, you've got all sorts of different styles going on and I'm getting jealous. It's, I mean, so the, <laughs> you guys should hop on a plane when things are I, I, when we get. I, I'm kicking myself because yeah. uh, like a year ago or two years ago, just before I sort of started getting into craft beer more, I came to the East Coast with my family. We went to uh, to New England or yeah, we would, and we traveled, you know, Massachusetts, um, Massachusetts and Maine. And, uh, like you were now kicking myself because i just wasn't into the scene and now like i was so, <laughs> i would have been so lucky if i'd known but yeah sorry redo it's time for a redo oh yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> all right which one are we gonna talk about first i mean um the first one we had was uh this the little hipster apocalypse did i mm-hmm. hear you say that you its name has changed now yes and no so when we were a year old year and a half old when this guy rolled out um Another brewery hit us with a cease and desist. Um, they were owned by a much, 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 much bigger brewery. And so there are only three of those on the planet. So you guys pick which three you want to figure it out. And they said, you can't use the word apocalypse because the other brewery that we just bought has a beer with the same name. So, but the, 
label was not anywhere near the same, blah, 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 blah. So long story short, we came to an agreement. Mm-hmm. So I can't say that we won. We didn't. Um, <laughs> and and um, so we can't send hipster apocalypse past the, uh, I, I want basically paraphrasing, but the Mississippi. Okay. So we changed the name to hipster vacation. And uh, I got to the can is a little bit different to go to California. Mm-hmm. So we called it hipster vacation and we put them in a, like a little short t-shirt with like pink flamingos mm. and things like that. Yeah. So, so that's that story. So, and again, so this, so hipster apocalypse is our flagship. It's a, it's based off or kind of, of a, it's kind of a NEPA. Um, it's a New England style IPA. Mm. Um, it's just Idaho seven. So if you want to know what Idaho seven tastes like in a beer. Here it is, a little citrusy, a little piney, um, very floral. People will say it's dank. Some people call it the weed beer. It smells like weed. <laughs> uh, I get that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it's and it's and it is what it is. You know, people on Untapped rate it at you know three point seven five. It's it's a very complex but one dimensional beer. There's not a lot. It, it's very sessionable, and I think it it's an easy drinking beer. It's not yeah. supposed to, you know, it's not, it's not made to wow you. It's, it's, it's like a Volkswagen facade. It just does its thing. <laughs> it, it rolls, man. Yeah, did it, did sure. it take you long to, to, you mentioned this is kind of your, the, the highlight of your core range. Did it take you long to get to where it is? So we've now? gone through, um, so keep in mind, um, we've had two full-time head brewers and then me, involved and then a couple assistant brewers so we were trying to get our consistency all on the same page um so i think finally i just backed away and said this is what i want and then let's figure out how to get there and uh matt our current brewer was able to he he restructured a couple of things changed the water profile um changed the hop additions and it and we finally got it Probably, I want to say back just towards the end of late last year, exactly where I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like so the version you guys have is what I would call the final rendition of it. Okay. Um, and but it's always one of those things where you you know you can just sit there and just pick away and pick away and pick away and pick away. But at some point you just have to let it go. And then if you want to do something different, you just move it to a different beer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure, yeah. I think it's uh I mean, I don't think I've had a single hopped beer in a while. No, it's been a very it's been long a while. time. It's been a while now, yeah. And uh I have noticed Idaho 7 is uh, popping up everywhere at the moment and uh I think it is it's becoming one of my favorite hops. So, um I love it's, it. Yeah, it's a good it's a good one. And um, you're you're yeah. right about that flavor. It's crazy how just one hop yeah. can do quite a lot. I found that hop when I was a homebrewer. So I, we were the, one of the first, if not the first one in Maine to mm. actually uh, use Idaho seven in production, full production, not like a test batch. Yeah. Um, it, for, and it was, it was doing everything I wanted to do. And it was, it was still a relatively inexpensive hop to use, um, you know, not like mosaic or galaxy or some of the other hops that are, you know, that can go almost, you know, Idaho seven is like, 11 bucks a pound versus Ella, which is like 17 and, you know, so on and so forth. So it, for a new brewery, it was a great, you know, inexpensive hop to get kind of where I wanted to go. 
Yeah, I think the only uh, UK breweries that have kind of got their hands on it are the big ones. So Cloudwater, have, they've been doing a whole range on it like recently and yep. a bunch of others. So yeah, I think it's, it's, it must be relatively new over here. Like, as in, yeah. Yeah, I know... I, I know my brother was having a hard time sourcing it mm. in Ireland to do his homebrews. So I may or may not sent him some over. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. It's interesting to hear though. It's a hop that's kind of easy for you to, to get hold of and you've got, because it was inexpensive, it's actually quite hard to get mm. for us over here. And it's the bigger boys that can get their hands yeah, on it. Yeah, it's only the main brews. Mm. I've never heard of anyone homebrewing with it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, so we, again, being, I mean, we use it in a ton of, so, I mean, we, our hop contract is a decent six figure hop contract mm. for just Idaho seven. It's our, it's, it's our workhorse. Mm. And, um, and it, and, you know, it's, again, it goes back to my the pizza analogy that, you know, I've never had a bad pizza. Everybody's pizza is different, but we use Idaho seven so much that I think it gives our beers a distinct taste where it's not like people are like, Oh, that tastes like yeah. whoever or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, that tastes like Mason beer, good yeah. or bad. It, it, I, I would rather, I'd rather people know that be like, that's a Mason beer instead of it just tasting like that. Eh, it tastes like everybody else's stuff. No, definitely. I think, um, your uh weather in maine is not I, I mean i don't know but it's not too dissimilar to the uk i don't know it's pretty it's, it's pretty it's i mean pretty you get you get like cold winters you get snow oh we get a lot of snow but we get like we actually know what the sun looks like you don't ever no. see it do you <laughs> it was out a minute ago <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> it's the last the in lockdown it's been the sunniest three consecutive months i've ever seen in my life um but what i was gonna say is because you get those winters and you get um you know your, your different weather cycles um you uh you've kind of opened to stouts you get the what you can shift those warmer kind of uh brews whilst i'm thinking that possibly wouldn't work over in like california you wouldn't be able to kind of i don't know i don't know that's a that's a fair statement i don't think uh, yeah they're in like permanent summer i think so there's always the craft consumer, right? That wants something different. So if they fall in love with, let's just say Mason's brand, right? They're going to be like, all right, I want to go, I want to go through the whole gamut, right? So what, what's out there? And they will try everything. Um, but you're very, you're hundred percent correct. I mean, even though stouts have this, I, um, I don't want to say bad rap, but you know, like our stouts, I think it's like a, the ABV is, it's very easy drinking. It's like a Guinness. It's like four and a quarter, uh, not four and a quarter, but five and a quarter. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a heavy beer and actually from a calorie standpoint, it's not that it, the, the IPA is far, far worse. There's way more sugar in that than, than, than our stout. Yeah. I think it's some of its perception. I think people just see dark beer and they think it, you know, it weighs 600 pounds. Um, but, you know, but in the same way, I would argue the fact that, a heavy's a far, far, just the wheat compound in that beer alone yeah. makes it a heavy beer, but people pound the hell out of it in the summertime. So I, I don't know what it, I don't, I don't, I think it's more, I don't know. I don't, it is, it, you're hundred percent correct on the, on the seasonality of beers. I just don't know why people, I don't, it, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think we love stouts full time. We love stouts I I, uh, all year round. <laughs> I get annoyed in summer because some of the smaller tap rooms uh, won't do stouts. Yeah, they Because it's just stouts, that notion yeah. of it's you know it's IPA season. Yeah, in summer it's like it's lager 
it's the fruity ones yeah, yeah. and yeah. they're very it, you can kind of see you can see the beers coming it's like oh the stout is coming over the hill <laughs> and it's like it's just like a weird Christmassy drink over here I don't know yeah. I don't know maybe if it's slightly different over there I don't know do you, I mean uh, um I can't I'm trying to well I used to yeah that's a heavy beer though I was like Samuel Smith's is like this oatmeal stout. Oh yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good pair. So, so I'm going to ask you folks. And um, so as I, tra I travel to Ireland at least once or twice a year anyways. Mm. So there are three main stouts in that, on that little Island. Um, there's Murphy's there's Beamish and then there's Guinness, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, of the big producers. So I have my own opinion. We who makes the best stout? I haven't had I, the only of the three breweries you just said. I've only ever had Guinness, and I had I've had Guinness in food, and I had it as like an actual drink after I got into like the stouts I drink now, and I consider Guinnesses to be really thin and watery and not a lot of flavour in my opinion. I would probably say the same thing. Yeah. I think by the time we moved, we started drinking, I drank Guinness. I was used to like Imperial Stouts yeah. at 11%. We've kind of ruined yep. it for ourselves a little yeah. bit. My grandfather, on the other hand, only ever drank Guinness. Like that is, that was his drink. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> that was all so, drunk. That's interesting. So it, without naming names, the one that you had mentioned is not one that I gravitate towards. Um, mm. I gravitate towards one of the other two. Um, and the other one starts with a B and <laughs> I just found it to be a more complex beer equally as refreshing. Um, and I, so I, you know, it's kind of like, I totally blew my mind. So here's my first experience. One of my first experiences in Europe and I go over and I, I grab a Guinness or a Mercury's or Beamish or whatever it was. I'm drinking a stout. I'm like, yay, <laughs> I'm not in America drinking a stout. <laughs> and, and then all of the other 30 people are drinking Heineken and Bud Light. And it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what's the message here? Like, is, is marketing like that's, so that's a thing, right? So that's, I mean, you know, going back to untapped, going back to a couple other things. I mean, there's some guerrilla marketing going on with craft breweries where they buy clicks and they're like, mm. we'll pump, you know, they, they get a click farm to pump a beer, to pump sales. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe this American beer company's ruining Europe too. <laughs> like blows my mind. It do. I mean, do people really, really, you, you guys don't really like Budweiser. Do you really? Uh, I've had a Budweiser in a very long time. The, I think, younger people have we were kind of having this conversation actually a couple of days ago is mm. younger people seem to have gravitated towards the craft beer scene and a lot of the i guess older generations or people that because in the uk we, we still have that scene of people that get drunk they just drink just, to get drunk they, they yeah. drink to get drunk still and and that's where those beers that's i think where yeah i yeah. think why people still drink that kind of stuff is because to them it's you can buy four Budweiser's for three or four pounds or something, yeah. you know, like a pound a bottle, you know, and yeah. to them, that's the best deal ever. And, they, you know, they're not seeing it as quality. They're seeing quality. it as, yeah. I can slam these, yeah, you know, so right. many of these tonight, and it'll be really cheap, and yeah. I'm going to get trashed. I was going to say as well. So it's you, price point. 
it's yeah, price point. it is I absolutely think it's price point. It's, yeah you know, and we're the weird ones in our like friendship group they're <laughs> like and why and would you spend be, that much to be honest though like we're getting there we're, they are <laughs> some of our friends are getting there now like i go back to my hometown a lot of them and you know that that my hometown is all of the the pubs that i used to go in and it used to be like old man ales then now i go in and it's you know yeah proper east coast stuff yeah, I mean, pubs are starting to uh, grab hold of actual indie brews now. So I think as, as the to me, as the UK, as, you know, the generations move forward, I think we will see that shift more, mm-hmm. where we're moving away from the stuff that our dads used to drink to we're going to drink the, you know, we're, that, that craft scene will come in, I think, stronger. Yeah, we it, like I say, it's growing so much in the UK. Mm. Um, back to Guinness, though. I've never had one in Ireland, but apparently it's way better in Ireland. So there is a different. Well, I think I think if you go to the if you go to if you always go to the source, it's going to be better. Mm. Um, I mean, we've I've been to the Guinness storehouse a handful of times, and actually, literally, so I learned a trick actually from my uh, sister-in-law, right? And she went to Trinity College. She's like, here's the deal, dude. Don't be an idiot. Get there at 10 o'clock, blow through the gate, get on the elevator and go straight to the top. Don't do the walking tour. Just go straight to the top. You'll get up there. There'll be nobody up there. If you've not been to the Guinness store, it's a 360 of the, it's one of the taller buildings and you can see all of Dublin. Mm. And you'll be able to get one of the first pints poured all day long. Done that twice where I've been like number three and four or two, actually one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's a great experience. You get up because everybody does this walking tour up seven, mm-hmm. eight stories. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, you know, an hour later, people start trickling in when you had this whole place to yourself for <laughs> better, better part of half a day. It, yeah. it was one of the best travel advices I ever had. I'll keep that in mind. Okay. So well, there, I've now shared it with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we've yet to really... I've been to Ireland, but it's Northern Ireland, less uh, less, yeah. less Southern Ireland so far. So we did a beer festival in Belfast last year. You did, did you? I did see your posts about that. Yeah, it looked like fun. It looked like there was a oh, lot of fun. It there. was it was a ton of fun. Just I'll do. Yeah, I I very much enjoyed festivals outside the United States. A ton of fun. People were great. We had lines. Uh, the the promoters um, did a great job. Um, just in Belfast, I I beat the hell out of that whole island. I've never been to Belfast, and uh, it was just a hoot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a hoot. People are great. I couldn't been been happier. Well, we'll keep an eye on if you do one again in future, then, because yeah. Well, we, this was going to be our year for festivals, annoyingly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were going to go to like yeah. the, the big ones in uh, the north, and thanks, COVID. <laughs> I think yeah, right. I think we. I think we've signed up to do. Dublin next year. Okay. Um, if I don't do Dublin, uh, you'll come to Plymouth just for us. Yeah. 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 Do they have a beer festival? <laughs> we do now. Yes. Yeah, it's in October, Wait, like, November. What do you mean do now? Like, is it like oh, six uh, people? Vessel, like you guys no, no, no. and your friends? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, you make it sound like we just about we just come up with the idea. No, no. no, no. <laughs> past two years. Past so vessel. When so vessel is a is a tap room is kind of what most people hail as kind of the beginning for craft beer in in, in Plymouth, Plymouth, basically. Yeah. Um, so a couple of years ago, Sam decided that because the Southwest doesn't really have a craft beer festival, he would start one. 
So every November, as you said, well, the last two Novembers, mm-hmm. whether this year will go ahead, probably not, Haven't but hopefully yet. next year. Um, yeah, he's he's done a, a beer festival for the last two years. Yeah, so and it's, it's getting bigger and bigger. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's huge. It's it's really like it's, it's really uh, good. It goes over three days. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's amazing because that's when kind of uh, we've got our regulars, we've got loads of regulars, mm. uh, and they bring their families. But it's when people like you know that are just locals and things like that they actually come and they get to experience yeah proper beer so we're on cripster yeah uh, your sour juicy ipa and that's a collab with overhot brewing who i haven't done any kind of i haven't looked at what they're about oh. and stuff so um yeah if you wanted to talk about kind of how that collaboration came about and your relationship it's a super interesting story we um how did it come about? It came about through Instagram, and out of I wanted, I don't remember how. Either they liked one of our beers on Instagram, and then we liked one of their beers, and I think it started to turn into like, wow, you have really crazy can art. Wow, you have really crazy can art. Wow, you're kind of cool to talk to. Hey, you're kind of cool to talk to. Hey, let's do a beer. We've never met. It's all been done over, over the phone. And we started coming up with the concept of, okay, like, so they're originally from Brazil. They are from Brazil. And they also have a a satellite up in in, uh, Montreal, Mm. Canada. And so they wanted to do like an IPA and I'm like, all right, well, let's do an IPA. But we wanted to do a sour and they're like, okay, great. But we wanted to do a sour that a, was again getting back to our gateway sours but kind of took a little bit from what we do and a little bit from what they do and so we came up with we kind of did like a hazy ipa and then uh brazil's known for passion fruit and so we infused it with passion fruit did it as a kettle sour and then the cool thing is is this not only was a beer collaboration but it was an art collaboration i'm going to show you the two cans people that are only listening to this you can see these we'll take a photo on instagram (laughs) the can that uh was released in brazil looks like this so what you have is you have you know that's that's our hipster character Mm -hmm. and then that's their overhop character okay right so that's that's how that and then what's cool about the can um is that if you like you stack them on yeah. top of each other. The, yeah. the head is here. So you have the, that yeah, cool. yeah. That's nice. Um, so it was, it was super fun, super easy. And quite honestly, the, you know, it's been great for both of us. Our, the beer has gotten really good traction. Um, you know, we, because of our connections in the UK that we got them, you know, in, they got, they got some traction in the UK where they probably wouldn't have it. At, at this particular time and we got traction in you know montreal and brazil mm. we don't go there um so it's been good for both brands it was yeah. a lot of fun we were actually actually i was going back and forth with pat today patricia um about something else but we're thinking about doing another collaboration because it was just super fun they were super sweet people and it wasn't you know and that's the thing is that it was more like organic it was like yeah you know, hey, let's just do it and have fun. Yeah. Where sometimes it is, we've done collaborations that didn't take off because it was, um, you know, an ego thing or it was a, you know, whatever. So, um, and, it, and it is, it's getting, 
or it was, I don't know if it's going to change, but um, it's extremely, the craft beer industry isn't how it's changed a lot in the last four years. It's not the way I remember it being. Um, and, uh, but I think it's because of all the, you know, the weirdness that's going on. I mean, people, again, you know, when you have, when you, when you're a brewery and all your, your distributions, you know, 90% draft and then you're shut down for three months, you've got to scramble to figure that out real mm. quick. Um, so it's unfortunate and I, you know, it's, it's unfortunate to see there's going to be some, you know, really good breweries that are going to have a hard, hard time coming back from this. That might be a good point to talk about actually, if you don't mind, but how has it been, uh, for you guys going and transitioning from like, yeah, selling to pubs to now everyone, if they need, want your beer has to order, collect in the store, order online, what, however you're, you're, uh, yeah, doing it. we, I'll be honest with you. We were, we're predominantly 80, 80, 20, okay. maybe 75, 25, uh, package to draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we do draft, you know, we have our draft lines here, which is a huge, that, that's a huge, that's a huge number of beer that, uh, the folks here drink. Yeah. Um, and it's in over here, it's become, we call it rotation nation where it's awful hard to get a tap line for life. Like, because everybody wants the newest thing yeah. and we are, we have good partners that, have a Mason's line and they just change it up depending on what they want to do. Yeah. But usually, you know, we'll come in at a, at a bar and take over a tap. And, and when they kick, you know, when they kick the half barrel, it, it's gone and it goes out and yeah. somebody else comes in and there's no regularity. Um, but package has been key. We just sunk $150,000 into a new canning line. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we've been able to through this whole nightmare, um, get beer out to all our partners in other states. And, and again, we were fortunate enough to connect with the, uh, the guys from cask and uh, it just, they were tremendous. And we, we put that shipment together really quickly and got it out there and it's been received quite well. Um, I, I wish it was like that all the time. Um, <laughs> super, super, super easy to work with. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, no complaints. So, you kind of you uh, kept everything going as well because I know you did. Um, I think you did curbside pickups and uh, you did you well. People were able to come and collect as well. Am I right? Yeah. So we actually shut down. Um, we so what we we did curbside and then we saw that this was going to go. We we did curbside thinking that this was going to come around in a couple of weeks and then the writing was on the wall. And then we shut down for almost 30 days and then revamped the whole kitchen and expanded it um, and made it more user-friendly for our back of the house staff. And so, um, and then we ramped up takeaway for a week and then we opened up, um, you know, to to 50% occupancy. Mm -hmm. Um, But during that time, we never shut the brewery down. The brewery was always making beer. Um, you know, not at the volume that I would like to have seen, mm-hmm. but you know, quite frankly, it's, it's, we're, it's still better than what some are doing now. So, um, we, you know, but it's, I'm sure you guys are reading, um, you know, we're going through another stint that, you know, it, it would not surprise, it would surprise me. I don't know if I bet on it, but I, it's, it's out there in the, you know, it, we potentially could see another shutdown and, and, if that happens, I don't know how, you know, I just, you know, Maine, the United States, 
UK, the world, like, I, I don't know how, I don't know how we get, like, how we, how do we, other than not have, or having a vaccine, I'm not sure how we get past this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been devastating to, you know, and it's not just the brewing, it, like, you guys know, it's, it's such a, you would never, there are companies that you're like, oh, I never thought that that would totally affect the price of lobster. The price of lobster is cheaper than steak. Like, it's it normally, like, in the state of Maine, it's like seven bucks a pound and it's like $2 a pound. Like, you know, you just wouldn't think that all these industries, it's had a ripple effect through literally everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, they're talking about aluminum can shortages. Oh, so we're running around trying to gobble up aluminum cans. Over here, pubs and restaurants have only, and bars have only just opened. So, yeah. uh, I mean, in our, our kind of smaller places, only one place has kind of started to reopen, uh, like with all their new precautions. Bulletproof. You mean, oh, you mean bars? So yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but without like a lot of people are just they're not opening because because we had total lockdown pretty much. Yeah. Like restaurants. Everything. Everything was pretty. I mean, you could have certain places were doing home delivery, but like McDonald's, Burger King. Yeah. For like three months, couldn't go to them. Yeah. I mean, but it's, I mean, it's helped me break out of going to fast food chains, which I've, which I've liked. Yeah. And it's weird. It's, I think, um, the taste has gone out of people's mouths now. Mm. They've been, cause they've been eating bad food. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys still currently under lockdown? Kind we of. are now, so they've, we've got five stages. We're currently on stage three. So now I think over the last month it has been, you can, so it's gone from, you can meet one person out yeah. in a public space to now you can have six people in a public space from different households. Literally last Saturday, the 4th of the 4th of July, um, they opened bars and restaurants. Uh, yeah. Restaurants. Yeah. It's a restaurant. That cafe, was, that yeah. was literally, that was kind of it. Like McDonald's and, and fast food place, places like it have kind of been slowly kind of doing delivery or drive through. Yeah. Um but yeah, restaurants this week has been the big and pubs primarily and yeah, yeah that's that's what concerned me is that like the the big chains and things how yeah. are they going to actually are they going to be responsible but, but for a long time we were allowed to leave, we were allowed to leave the house to go to like supermarket and exercise. Um but yeah, for the longest time the the, mm-hmm. the basically it was stay in your stay in your house. Now, are you able to go to pubs without the six person um so it requirement depends, or can it depends you... on the pub the the official guideline is you can only go to the pub with people from your own house own household however there are certain pubs that have got like seating and spacing to allow multiple people from different households to meet up because like ultimately with pubs it's like a social thing you go mm. to meet other people from different households that you don't usually see all the time mm. um at least that's how, how it is in the uk so you know it it's officially meant to be people from your household yeah but i know people have been this is the thing a bit lax people over here they've just they've gotten uh impatient and they're st- i mean everyone is over it but um oh. they haven't i don't feel like they've been that responsible and the uh i mean i don't know how much uh the news kind of talks about our prime minister at the moment but we, it not things haven't been very clear no i, I think it, uh, it's uh yeah we're not getting well i mean we're not getting we're not getting clear direction and then the direction that is given isn't always the clearest and um it just i I don't know i'm glad 
I mean, I've got to figure out my own little world. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know why anybody would want to be the prime minister and or the president of anything. It just, I, 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 how do you even sleep? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'm a borderline alcoholic now. Because <laughs> they've had the furlough scheme in the UK. Everyone's been kind of employed, even if you haven't yeah. got to go to work. So you basically get paid paid full time by the government to stay right. at home. So everyone's sitting at home not knowing what to do. So as a result, everyone's just ordering beer. <laughs> We're just drinking. <laughs> everyone's just, everyone's drinking. Like on the radio, yeah. you just hear people like, you know, sit, like, you know, it's now become the thing of like, hey, you know, well, I'm at home. So two o'clock, I can, I can have a, yep. a beer whilst I'm working, right? If, if you're still working from home. <laughs> you're talking to the wrong guy. I, I don't, ju- I don't, I, I don't judge anymore. Like, you know, my staff will see me walking around with a beer at eight in the morning. Because we'll sample beers as they're getting canned or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, they'll look at me and tilt my head. I'm like, hey, it's my job, man. <laughs> do, you, do you do the thing where, so your boss will say, like, what's number, you know, three like? Or encourage you to drink so that you can obviously sell it to Oh, customers. I see. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, if I have the opportunity, I'll taste Do you have that philosophy possible. with your, I mean, obviously with the brewers, they need to know what that it tastes like to, you know. To, oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, my staff goes in and if we put a new beer on, when they come in before their shift starts, they all sit there and they taste it and we give them tasting notes and we tell them what it is. Um, you know, our, we, I actively, because it just freaks me out. We, we, I mean, and we had a, issue where we couldn't isolate an off flavor in one of our beers and it just kept creeping up and creeping up and creeping up and i'm like what mm. is going on yeah. um so we pretty much this was many probably three years ago and so now we try all the beer all the time off the taps we also pull beers when we're canning and we'll pop them and pour them and taste them um and actually so thank God we did that. Mm. Funny story, not really. So we ordered um, a new set of. So our cans um, are again artwork are quite eclectic. So we went with a uh, we had a gloss sleeve and now we went to a matte sleeve, and we had um, we think the cans didn't cure long enough. So okay. there was a, a funny uh, artificial uh, taste in. in plastic it tastes like plastic mm-hmm. right, and right. like you ever had your tooth filled and it's like that weird like plastic taste mm-hmm. and uh so we got maybe two three cases into the run like right at the beginning of a, a, a 140 case run mm. and my brewer matt came up to me and he's like hey try this and you know usually he just says here try it because we're canning mm. and uh and he stood there for a minute i'm like all right okay popped out a can and tasted it i'm like huh and he's like yeah huh try it again and so i'm like what is that because it wasn't like for us it like for the gen pop general population i don't know if they would have gotten it but i'm like whoa that's not right and i applaud them for shutting down everything and stopping production because quite frankly i don't know if anybody would have pulled that out Mm. but we had to we had to can that no pun intended that whole canning run um, and wait for replacement cans to come because um, we, what happened is we think the temperature got too hot when they applied the the plastic and it and it did something to the interior plastic shell of the can and it left this lingering Ooh. right just weird taste um, you know and, and and I get what happened because the demand is crazy they're just trying to pump mm. out cans yeah 
um, it's just unfortunate. So now we're sitting on a whole bunch of, uh, we're waiting for new cans we, and we, we get beer and tanks that we can't brew into mm, because right. we normally would put it, put it in the cans. But that's, that sounds uh, good for your kind of like the, the team you've got and the community you fostered there that they are encouraged to feel pride in the product they're selling. And if they don't think it's going out correctly, like I think it's, it's good. That sounds good that they've got the, the, the they they can say hey this isn't right we should we need to do this properly yeah does it count yeah no and, and, and a i love that kind of personal investment um and b i don't i don't want people to make a decision over dollars like it's at the end of the day it's you know it's our reputation it's his reputation as a head brewer it's my reputation as an owner you know if there's something in here that you don't think is right we need to we need to back into it and and get it corrected if it's on our side or if it's on somebody else's side you know, and that's the frustrating thing. And, and granted, it's gone both ways. You know, we've had, you know, quality control issues on our side. We've had quality control issues on other vendors' side, you know, where the grain wasn't up to whatever. And so, and you kind of have to work through it and you have to make a decision. You're like, well, do we dump this one? Do we do something different? Uh, you know, how do we, how do we, you know, what do we do and how do we do and, and what's the cost? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and luckily we got good partners that they're going to spin cans around as quick as they can. And so shit happens, right? So <laughs> I, I mean, you can't, you can't control all aspects of it. You just have to be able to move and be like, okay, how do we fix it? Let's left, right. And, and then go. So, yeah. yeah. So that's, and then I, again, super, super proud of my people that, you know, came up here and said, you know, Hey boss, check this out. Mm. And, and he, and I don't, I'm lucky, super lucky. I don't have any yes people, thank God, because yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, they tell me how it is. And I'm like, well, what do you think? They're like, yeah, we should put beer in that can. Yeah, we're not putting beer in a can. Or, you know, what do you think about this or that, the other thing? And that, that goes from, you know, my GM that handles the restaurant side to my chefs, you know, to my front of the house people. They, they, they all think pretty well on their feet and, mm. and, and do what I would like to think I would do in most, you know, situations. Yeah. Well, I've definitely noticed on your socials, there's definitely a staff appreciation there. Um, everyone kind of gets, gets the light that they deserve and it's, that's, it's really nice to see that. Yeah. You know, and quite frankly, maybe we don't do enough. I I mean, we should, you know, it, but it's always been one like battle after another, you know, this COVID thing. Like we were really like, this was our, this was our year to like kick our feet up and be like, Hey, what do we really want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really want to manage this. This is fun. COVID. Yeah. So um, mm. it's, it's been, you know, but everybody's dealing with it. So, mm. you know, hopefully somebody figures out how to fix this. <laughs> we've, we've spoken to so many businesses and breweries that at the beginning of the year, yeah, like they've said, uh, like, oh, you know, we were about to do a Kickstarter to, uh, to, for our new tap room. And then yeah. that's suddenly just become, we just need to focus on, providing product and, yeah. and keeping the business going so every it's everyone's in that position here's a question in in no way am i it's just a generic question how is it perceived over in the eu on like when big breweries do kickstarters to open up other breweries like big breweries do kickstarters for to open up yet like they're they're 110 it's a moot point it depends on i feel like it depends on this like a scale can be almost perceived as anything. So like we've got a brewery down South, which I don't know if you heard of, they're called Verdant. So they make like incredible uh, East coast beer. Like it's yeah. like, like hazy, dank, hazy yeah. like in the UK, they're considered to be like really, really good with they're that. They're up there. Um, 
and they're considered to be massive. But when you, like a year ago, when you went to go to, to see them or pick beer up, they are a shipping container on the industrial estate at the bottom, the very bottom yeah. of this industrial estate. And that's where they've been operating out of for the last few years. And so they did a Kickstarter and they made um, 2 million and they've finally been able to open up a proper kind of facility mm. for them. Just to moved be, into and it. And they've just moved into that. And I think, and, there, and you know, that, and that worked really well, even though they were this, you know, perceived to be a huge brewery. They're actually punching well above their weight. Yeah. And then, then you've got another brewery, uh, which is called Wild Beer. Now, they are, for all intents and purposes, like a pretty sizable brewery. They, you know, they, they are, they produce a lot of beer around. It's the supermarkets over here um, and restaurants. And it's quite a big location. It's based on a farm uh, that was a, ri- well, is, used to be a dairy farm. And now they produce dairy and this cheese, uh, two separate businesses. They did a Kickstarter and I think that was the first. Oh, and yeah. uh, several years later, there's been no news about this supposed new brewery that they were supposed to be opening. Yeah. And I think people are willing in the UK. I mean, we can only speak on the UK, like less less so Europe, maybe. But in the UK, people. I think it seems like people people are willing to do these kickstarters, um, bec- uh, and support them. But I think Wild Beer seemed to be the first one where people are now kind of going what what's happening now well yeah i mean obviously you've got Brewdog, who are kind of like the kings of kickstarting but they do it's not yeah. kickstarter it's equity equity, equity, equity. yeah yeah We've, yeah there's yeah. a bit of both so it's I not know... like they launch something and go hey we want to build a thing it's mm. just do you want to invest in us go for it there was a brewery in london that uh they did a big a big kickstarter they got loads of money and then it turned out that uh they were like they were just really in debt and needed to pay their rent and uh, then they had to kind of go bankrupt yeah, and so. no one got their money back or anything. Yeah. So there is, there's risk. I think w- people see it as a risk, but um, if there's transparency, if there's, uh, you know, there's kind of, you know, you can get like gifts and things and yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah people want to do it, but I think the more they get burnt by breweries, the less likely people are going to do it in future. Yeah. How is it over in the States? What do people think over there? You know, it, it kind of, like, there aren't, on the East Coast, there aren't a lot of breweries that are kick-started. Um, mm. It's kind of, it's like this, I don't know if it's like a taboo or, or what. There, I know that there are some that have been kick-started, or if they have, they don't let people know. I mean, it's not super public knowledge, but, and then quite frankly, I'm one of those guys that, like, when I come to work, I've got my chores and I put my head down. I'm not really paying attention to the background noise, um, which I probably should in some cases. I know there are West Coast breweries that have done Kickstarters. Um, you know, I kind of kick the idea around, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> you know, to, to your point, I'm like, well, you know, if I'm going to do this in, in another location outside, because I, I see value in our product outside the United States. Um, I think we could do very well, insert wherever. Um, it, but it, it would be location driven. Um, and I think it would be fun for me. It would be fun to try and accomplish what we've done here. Um, someplace in a, a land far, far away. <laughs> and, um, you know, just not knowing the terrain and, and just navigate that to me is fun. Navigating 
things that I don't know and getting it done and, mm. and making it work is fun for me. Um, so, you know, and, and I've got a window of opportunity uh, and I'll run out of steam. So um, that's, you know, it's, it, I've kicked it around. Um, I, ben Bishop does Kickstarters for his, for his comic books and mm. has had some success. I just haven't really figured out like, if I'm going to do a Kickstarter, it needs to work for me, but it also mm-hmm. needs to work for the people that are, that are putting their faith in, in giving us their money yeah. that, you know, quite frankly, right now is hard, you know, not hard to come by, but it's hard to come by. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't, I'd be curious. And again, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm kind of tempted in, in the fact that I, I don't know. I don't, I'm curious on really, if I just showed up on the shores and put my <laughs> stick in the ground you know, in, in Liverpool or well, you know, mm. Wales or someplace said, all right, the Americans are here and we're opening up a brewery. What, yeah. you know, what's, what's yeah. that going to look like? I don't know. I, I think a lot, of any the, place. a lot of the breweries yeah. we've got down here are like, I think most of the founders are from the state. So they're not, Brett is American from Wild, Wild Beer. Beer. He's American. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. There's been quite and you a let him few. in. We did. <laughs> we so, did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's given us some pretty good beers. He so has. We'll allow okay, well, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. It's all fair. Yeah, and uh, I think, and even if they haven't, like, previously, like, if they're not from America, they've lived in America or they've worked in America, I think mm. that's yeah. why we're getting... Oh, uh, do- uh, uh, Cloudwater. Oh, yeah, Cloudwater. Um, Dawn. Doreen? No, no, Doreen. That's it. Doreen. Yeah. So someone who works for Cloudwater. Yeah. She's not like, she's not their founder. She, or anything, no, but, but she was, she's a founder of Five Points. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's why we're doing so well. Yeah. <laughs> in all honesty. Yeah. That's People why we're growing. And, I think helped, yeah, help push. They're like, like this, this is how we do it in the States. As we discussed at the beginning about like how, how in Maine, everyone's kind of elevating each other. I think the fact we've had that injection has helped push our scene forward. Mm. Potentially. Oh, that's excellent. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, you guys ever had, uh, it, it's, I think it's pronounced Kenegar, but the owner is, he's American. Um, they make a killer Saison. It's called White Rabbit. Mm-hmm. It, Ooh, uh-huh. Isabel too. So it's pronounced, so it's spelled K-I-N-N-E-G-A-R. Super, super nice guy. He's from the States. Um, they okay. do really good liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, still slightly traditional to um, to the to the, to the UK and Ireland. But, yeah. Um, but they do a saison. It's called White Rabbit. It, it's the bomb in the UK at the moment. So, in talking about like the the startup, because uh, it kind of goes off the back of it. So, the people that want to get into brewing, uh, brewing, a big scene at the moment in the UK is cuckoo brewing. Is that something that happens? For, uh, so, it's when you're a brewery and you advertise yourself as a brewery, but you don't have a brewery. So, you will go to Wild Beer and you'll go, "Hey, you got the facilities oh, for us to like, brew like a batch." Gypsy brewing. Gypsy brewing, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah or contract brewing. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So is that is that, that yeah. is that a big kind of thing? How is that perceived in America? Is that a big thing, or is it kind of? So it's so it's funny you ask. And actually, this is going to lead into another question. Okay. So gypsy brewing is 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 acceptable. Mm-hmm. Nobody really bets an eye. It's the contract brewing, and I think the perception. I'd, I'd argue the fact that it's almost fact. The press, when you have somebody else start controlling your your brand, your beer, your it's it's inevitably not going to be the way it came from this place. Mm-hmm. Um, the water profile is going to be different. You, who knows? Yeah. You know your your standard operating procedures are going to be different. 
between breweries. I have had contract beer. I've had beer from the brewery and I've had their contract beer um, night and day different. It's the same thing. Like, um, you know, Oscar blues, they have their, their place out in Denver. And mm. it's just, it, it, I'm not saying it's love the brand. They're awesome people, Yeah. but there's a difference. There's a difference between the beer that's brewed in Denver or outside Denver and the beer that's brewed down South in, in the Carolinas. Right. I, I think there's this, um, allure to it mm. the best the best gypsy brewers ever in my opinion now are back in in the uk but they were over here in the united states uh, they were called pretty things here in the united states i think they're now called uh, they've changed their name and I, they were lovely people husband and wife team so they were gypsy brewers mostly out of uh, massachusetts area um, Dan and Martha, oh, man, they make great beer. They make great beer. Great people. I, um, I kind of was hoping they left the States about the time we hit our stride. Um, and I wanted to badly brew with them. Riley from the future here. Uh, we actually managed to find the name of the brewery. They are called St. Mars of the Desert. As we said, based in Sheffield, we couldn't quite figure out what the name was. So I'm just kind it's of popping in. I'm popping in here just to say that. So getting back to the, the gypsy thing, yeah. they had a massive following. Um, not a lot of breweries are doing that. There are some brewers that do do it. Um, and quite frankly, to what success, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, here's here's the thing you, you have to realize that if, if you're a gypsy brewer and you brew on somebody else's system, you're solely like you're, you're a subservient to your distributor and making sure that you're getting beer in the draft houses in, in the bottle shops. And right now I've, that's, I, I think the safe bet is investing in an infrastructure like we have here where you, you, you're not that you're guaranteed to return, but you're guaranteed to return. Yeah. People are going to show up if you have, you know, a good product. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I would suspect personally that you, given COVID that, um, Gypsy brewing is probably going to take a down downswing, mm -hmm. um, and I think what you're going to just see is you'll just see you know I, the collabs are kind of the same thing where another brewery comes up and brews with another brewery, but yeah, um, yeah. but that uh, you know contract brewing, I don't know if I we've got a pretty decent sized facility. I don't, um, I mean, we've thought about it. Like this, our California market looks like it's going to go through the roof. And I don't know if we'll be able to keep up with demand there. And, and we've reached out to another brewery that I might consider, but, but they make really good beer. So I, my beer, you know, I feel that my beer was in good hands. Um, mm. We would obviously go over there. It was a, it was a consideration when I was looking at kind of looking at spaces in, in Ireland and in the UK yeah. um, that we would, you know, try and get somebody like a, like a Fuller's that'd be like, you know what? We don't do craft beer. Like to me, this is how I would think. If I was like CFO of Fuller's, like we don't do craft beer. We do ESB really well, mm. but we're we're missing out on this part of the market. So why don't we bring in a craft brewery from the U.S. and partner with them and brew their beer and take some of that, get some of that market share back that we're not getting, but we have that infrastructure because we got you know six hundred thousand pubs. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, kind of a no? weird uh attitude because they're like i don't know there's like um there's a youtube channel called craft beer channel um it's a uh, they're uk based and they kind of go into like the big boys of pubs and brewing and there's some that have got some really nice kind of 
attitudes towards beer and things like that um but there's a few to be wary of so I definitely do like research beforehand but as well as that it's uh the consumer's attitude towards because I think the brewery like, after that because the yeah, my interpretation of that would be like whilst fillers don't have that market share and whilst maybe they might be responsive to that there is going to be people in the community that the, the craft beer community who will just see it as a beer from fullers yeah regardless of right. who they close like, and they will see they will see it as they're trying to step on they're just trying to break into the, mm. the scene and yeah. so not, not, you, guys, not, not yeah. you guys specifically but they'll see it as fullers right. trying to seize control yeah and i think the beer scene in the uk has been that like defiant kind yeah. of like we're gonna do it differently like we're gonna go yeah. you know it's independence it's about like doing things and when the craft the, the craft beer scene fights back against breweries Ooh. that sell out to the the man basically that's how it is in the yeah. UK. that's how yeah. it's very much seen in the uk and it's very much yeah. it's when anheuser-busch or miller Coors buys a craft beer it's the same thing yeah. there's so much negative negative blowback mm. there's sellouts and this that and the other thing your point's very well taken you know it's it's finding that the right mix right yeah. like uh, sure. and i don't know and again i don't know I don't know the uh, uh, the players well enough. I'm using them because it's the only like <laughs> oh no yeah it's Eng- English brand that I can think of. It's interesting, but yeah, no, that's because that's how I think that's in the UK. That's how the craft beer scene is yeah. sees these these long-standing bigger businesses. It's the consumers more yeah. than anything, and yeah, it's it's interesting to see. I mean, I'm sure uh, it's the same over there. So there's like you say, there's negative negativity towards those, and people get really angry over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know it's a, it's like you know craft beer is like who's your favorite favorite you know ball ball player or who's your favorite soccer team or rugby team right yeah. and then everybody gets all like eh, no yeah. it's you know whoever yeah, yeah. it's but yeah yeah same attitude <laughs> thank you very much for coming on this is genuinely one of my favorite one of my favorite interviews sure. that i've done actually oh, nice. so thank you so much this has been a hell of a lot of fun the time's actually really flown by uh but for people listening where can they find you where can they support you right now both in the us and in the uk or europe yeah i mean quite frankly you know we did a small uh airdrop uh into the uk here in the last month so i have no idea it's gone everywhere so i i I would suggest that you know uh, you know track down your local bottle shop and ask if they carry masons and if they don't Cask is the one that has imported our beer the last time. Um, you know, getting on Untapped or at least following us on Instagram, we, it's a good indices where I, we can show them they're like, hey, there's interest. We can send you some more beer, and there's people that want it. Um, the best way to follow us, um, or just you know, hop on a bird and fly across the pond and head to Maine. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the High Hubs Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitter. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you can follow Phoebe on Untapped. Yeah. You can find our podcast where all good podcasts light. Lie. Light. Light. Please give us a rate. Uh, it really helps. Recommend us to a friend um, so we can do more episodes like this awesome interview. Yeah. Once again, fun. thank you very much to Chris. Yeah. We really enjoyed having you on. And, uh, we did speak about it. There's a, there's a, was a lot to this episode that um, I've ended up kind of shortening and cutting down a little bit. So this is kind of a neater version, but uh, we did talk about definitely having him on again in future. And we mm. have a few ideas that we sort of chatted about afterwards. So hopefully we can hear 
more from Chris in the future. And maybe if we ever go out to, well, I see if, when we go yeah, to America, when uh, we can go and visit him at his lovely uh, brew, brew, brewery. For sure. And if you've got questions for him, like say, if we're going to have him on again, mm. we could uh, definitely put those to him so you can email them or yes. comment them over. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.